Okay, this is super weird. I'm going to start the podcast off with a weird fun fact. I went viral on TikTok, and it is just the weirdest thing. I found an old video on my phone of me walking up to the reception desk probably five years ago and saying a joke that I've used before. Hey, you've got a package up front. Well, I changed it around a little bit to you've got a big package up front. And then I said to the receptionist, I know I do, but I do it, but do I have any mail? And I posted it Thursday night and it immediately blew up. And as of right now, Sunday at about one o'clock, it has like 2.4 million views. Now, the reason I bring that up is because it's freaking cool, number one. But number two, how does that happen? I've put up way more interesting videos than that, and I don't do TikTok. I really don't. I just put it up there kind of on a whim, and I bring it up just to start off the podcast with something a little bit different. But if you're on TikTok, go check it out. It's Dave Ryan, KDWB. But I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on that one. We're going to talk to a woman today who is a friend of mine, uh, and she is a wonderful person, and she's funny, and she's a smartass, and we give each other a hard time because we both enjoy overeating. And she's on the podcast this week to talk about her experience with being a mom and mom wine culture and how moms, you know, joke about how I need a glass of wine and you'll get a glass of wine that says, hey, it's not drinking alone if the cat is there and how it's kind of funny and how we kind of joke about it. Anyway, let's get started this week on the podcast. Take a shower, show up on time and don't steal anything. My guest this week is Kelly, and I'm going to launch right into it. No further ado from me, here is my conversation with Kelly. Check it out. Kelly is a friend of mine, and uh, Kelly heard the podcast, and Kelly and I have talked about things like uh, we both love to eat, and we both are smart asses, and we're both super funny, although I think I'm probably a little funnier than Kelly. And, and Kelly also has admitted that she has had the same problem we're talking about here where you have a couple of drinks and pretty soon it becomes a problem. Kelly, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. We were talking about how it's like mom and wine and just kind of like a wine mom culture. What is wine mom culture? Well, I think especially with TikTok taking over in the last few years ever since quarantine, if you get into that algorithm of mom TikTok, you'll notice a lot of the moms will joke that they need a glass of wine at the end of the day to deal with their kids. So it's kind of turned into social media and just the stigma of our culture that it's normal for moms to drink all the time or for moms to have a drink at night or just like to cope with their kids that they need the alcohol. And so if you see other moms doing it, you're like, oh, you know what? I'm going to have a glass of wine. Damn it. Normally I would not have a glass of wine at night, but I'm going to anyway and then, as you and I know, one glass of wine kind of turns into two, and turns into right. three. What was your What was your experience? Did was it after you had your first child, and then you had a little bit of the postpartum depression, or what? How did it happen with you? So, how it happened with me? I mean, I've always in college. It's normal to go out and drink and party and have those nights. It's just part of college. And then, as I grew up, I didn't really spiral, I guess you could say, in regards yeah. to alcohol yeah. until after um, I had my son. And I could tell you when it happened. It was like towards the summer, actually after he turned one. But I had never really acknowledged my postpartum depression. I just kind of kept burying it. And then I would start to drink 
on my Fridays, which would be like just a couple white claw, whatever. And then it turned into a six pack of white claw on my Fridays. And then slowly it turned into drinking a six pack of white claw every night, whether I worked or not. And then it turned into the point where I literally spiraled to where I thought every day, how am I going to get more alcohol? I don't have any alcohol in the house. And when can I start drinking? Like, when can I stop being a mom for a few hours and start drinking? Like, I wasn't even enjoying being a mom anymore because I was so just hyper-focused on when I would get to start drinking again. That's kind of what Jess said. Jess had had the same thing when Jess was on last week. Uh, If you haven't heard last week's podcast, if you get a chance, go back and listen. Jess said that he would go to his daughter's basketball games and he would hope they'd be over in time that he could go home and start drinking. And uh, and I think that I've kind of been through the same thing um, where you go, well, I want to make sure we have wine in the house because what if I really needed a drink and there's no wine in the house? And uh, what's going to be going on tonight and when can I start drinking? Oh, let me get this work done so then I can have my first glass of wine. Here's the interesting thing about me and you and Jess, and I think that so many people listening are in the same boat. It's not like you're getting up and drinking in the morning. It's not like you're driving into work drunk. It's not like you're keeping a bottle of vodka in your purse or in your locker at work. It's nothing like that. It's just you're drinking six White Claws on a weeknight, and you know that you shouldn't be doing that. And as you're doing this, what were you what were you feeling, Kelly? As you're drinking well, your six white claws, are you going, I know I shouldn't do this or this is freaking great and I love it? It went through kind of phases. There was multiple times that I thought to myself like I need to stop this. Um and I was I always have been a big runner. So I was thinking to myself multiple times like if I would just stop drinking, I'd probably see so much more progress. And it, there were times I think to myself, like, you're not being a good mom. You need to stop with the drinking. You're not being a good partner to my now husband. Like, he even at points told me, like, you need to slow down. Um, can I, I stop you? Can I, point- I want to I stop you right there for a second and, and, and remember where you are so we can pick up where you left off, okay? Um, okay. About, your, about your partner. And I think that's one of the things that if somebody we know says something like, man... You really need to slow it down. You've had a lot, and not just tonight, but you. So your partner was like annoyed with you, or worried for you, or what? How did that go down? It was probably a mix of both. Um, I remember there was one night he had thrown away my white claw, and I knew that I had had more. And I was like, "Well, what'd you do with it?" And he had thrown it away. And instead of me seeing it as him trying to help me, I got mad. And for me, that's kind of like uh, back now looking back, it's like, well, that's the biggest you shouldn't have gotten mad about that. Like that should have been your biggest red flag, that it's time to stop. It's time to reevaluate what is important in your life. Like if you're getting mad about that, clearly you have an addictive, like toxic relationship with alcohol. I, I And he was just trying to help, but he didn't know how to help. That and you know what you would think that is offended. like I, I, I'm sorry, I don't want to step on you, but but I know what he meant. Like, God damn it, you're going to stop drinking. I'm going to pour that. You're not. It's not going to be an option because there won't be alcohol in the house. But as the right. person who wants that alcohol, that ain't going to work. That's going to make you mad, and it's going to make you want to go down to MGM Liquor Warehouse and buy some more. Right. 
Okay. Yeah. It's, he just didn't know how to help. Just kind of like, I didn't know how to help myself. So it's like, well, instead of helping myself, just stay in the same, the same pattern. And I got to the point where I had essentially spiraled to the point that I didn't really care about anything in my life anymore beyond when I was going to get to drink. Now, see, I'm so surprised to hear that because if you know Kelly like I do, she is fun and funny and vibrant and, and, and a big personality, and you would never imagine. And I think that's one of the things that's like, holy crap, that people who are living normal lives, productive and great moms and great brothers and sisters or whatever – um, can have a point where Kelly got to where it's like, I don't give a crap about anything except when I get to drink again. I would have never guessed that about you. And I think that's what I'm kind of stumbling on with this podcast right now is the woman that you work with or the guy that lives across the street or the, wa- the woman that lives across the hall, they seem so normal, but they could be exactly where you were. So how long did this go on, Kelly? I mean, you went from like, you know, one white claw to two white claws and now, now a six pack of white claws every night of the week for how long? I would say it definitely spiraled during quarantine times, which I think it did for a lot of people. Um, I remember there was a point when one of my friends at work, kind of like Jess had said, one of my friends at work was like, I'm going to go all of May without drinking. I was like, Oh, I'll do that too. And I made it in like five days, which mm-hmm. then was impressive because I had gotten to the point where if I didn't drink for one night, I felt accomplished. And that's also a red flag. Um, but that had kind of gone in my mind. But then I spiraled through the rest of the summer to the point where I was drinking heavily every night. And then about August, we kind of had a big blow up in the house. And that's when I finally admitted that. I have a problem and I need to either figure out a way to like manage it or just stop drinking as a whole. And I had started to kind of manage it and then I ended up getting pregnant. And so obviously I didn't drink at all at that point. Um, and this time around compared to my son, it was actually a lot easier for me not to drink while I was pregnant. I didn't really miss it as much, which kind of opened my eyes to, Hey, I could probably live my life without this, yeah. but once I had my daughter and then I kind of, I wasn't drinking every night again. So that was progress. But when I would drink, I would still drink to the point where I was borderline blacking out. And so then on my, that was, I want to stop just so I understand that was after your daughter was born. Yes. So like the last year. Okay. So you did not drink when you were pregnant after your daughter's born, you got right back into drinking way too much. Well, but it wasn't every night. It would be like, on an event or something, but I still was catching myself. Like my brain just doesn't function in the sense I don't have an off. Like sometimes I've joked, like I'm a good drinker. I'm too good of a drinker. That's the problem. Like my brain doesn't know when to stop drinking. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. for me, I always would chase the buzz. And I had that problem even in college where all of a sudden I would chase the buzz to the point where I'd be blacked out. And so I kind of went back into that pattern this last time and on my birthday was when I finally had the conversation with my husband and I said, I need to be done. Like, I can't do this anymore. I need to just cut it out completely because clearly there's no just managing it. And, and a so, lot of people think they can manage it. Like, you know what, I'm going to cut back and like you said, only drink on the weekends or I'm going to be dry for the month of May or whatever. I admire you and anybody, Jess and you and anybody who is like said, 
I admit it, I need help because I know some people who will not admit it and they absolutely have a problem and they say they don't have a problem. But your difference between you and a lot of people, I think, is that you knew that even when you were drinking, you knew you had a problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I knew it was a problem. It was more of just addressing it. How did you stop, I Kelly? Guess. I mean, that's the that's the big problem. You stopped because, I mean, you, you and, and, and that's a loaded question because some people, they've not stopped, but they've slowed down where it's two white claws a week. Are you right. still drinking at all? And if you don't want to answer that question, then you don't have to answer that question. No, I'm not drinking at all. I actually haven't had a drink 90 days. 90 say. days? Yep. That's so huge. How yeah. did you stop? Because there's so many temptations. Every right. social occasion has, if you go to a bar, go to a restaurant, you go out to eat, there's the cocktail menu. You go to a bar to say hi to friends, there's beer. How did you stop and how do you resist the temptations? So for, I got actually a journal that I'm looking at right now off Amazon called Dear Alcohol, I'm Breaking Up With You. Um, it's like a 90 day sobriety journal that has like prompts that makes you kind of dig into your relationship with alcohol and why you have the toxic relationship you do. Um, so I kind of write in there every now and again, and I kind of made just like a, a goal board. So when I got to 30 days, um, I don't remember what I did at 30 days, but like 90 days, my husband and I had a big cheat meal. Um, when I get to my goal is 365 days and I'm assuming I'm going to keep going after that because I just love the way I feel yeah. at this point. Yeah. But like if I get to 365 days, I'm going to get a tattoo that I've always wanted. Um, and I just kind of like have little goals, but when it comes to like social gatherings and stuff, like the holidays was my first time going through a holiday season without drinking. So I would bring things to drink because for me, it's not the aspect of actually drinking alcohol. It's having something in your hand yep. that you can sip on. And for me, it's something bubbly. So, like, they have non-alcoholic champagne and stuff. So that's what I would bring. So in that way, I could kind of avoid all the questions, too. Because as a female, when you're not drinking, it turns into, oh, wow, well, are you pregnant? Yep. But no. Absolutely. I just don't want to drink. You know, my daughter, Allison, has run into that, too, because um, remember when she was pregnant the first time, you know, she would have a glass of wine regularly, and then all of a sudden she stops like, oh, I'll bet she's pregnant, so I can see that. Um, I, As I'm talking to Kelly right now, I want to, I'm just thinking about, I, I love this, this story of how you stopped, and I love Jess's story of how you stopped, but if you are listening to this and going, I haven't stopped yet. I can't stop. I stopped for three days a month ago, and then I got right back into it. If that's you, send me an email to DaveRyan at KDWB.com because as powerful as these messages are of people who have a story about how they stopped, and I admire you so much for stopping, Kelly, I want to talk to somebody also who can't stop, and you've tried to stop for four years, or maybe you've tried to stop for four, ten years. So send me an email and we can keep you anonymous if you want to, to Dave Ryan at KWB.com. A couple of more questions. Kelly, what were you like when you were drunk? I am a sleepy drunk. I am calm and peaceful and warm and fuzzy and cozy. What are you when you're drunk? 
I'm like, I'm a toss up really. It kind of depends on how much sleep I've had <laughs> because sometimes I'm fun and sometimes I just pass out okay. and fall asleep. Uh, sometimes I'm, there's really no cut and dry of <laughs> what kind of drunk Okay, I am. interesting. Because some be people are sloppy, fun. staggering drunk. Some people are fighting drunk. Some people are loud. And every, I, it can be different ways. Right. I would How definitely do- say I was klutzy. Okay. Like I was very stumbly. Which is like really, it was a which is a really annoying to see somebody have a third white claw and get up off the couch and stumble into the coffee table as they go to get another one. Um, what did your husband say? How did it affect him? And, 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 you know, not trying to like analyze anything, but that's the problem with a lot of people who are drinking is you don't really know how it affects the people around you. Are they sad for you? Are they annoyed with you? Are they pissed with you? Are they what what did your husband feel about all this? I feel like he eventually got to the point that he was just annoyed and pissed, but he didn't want to he didn't know how to talk to me about it. Yeah. Because he knew I would get on the defensive and I wouldn't respond well to it. So for him it was easier just to keep the waters mellow, if that makes sense. No, it to- it absolutely does. It's it's kind of a a, a coping by avoidance. So, right. And he said once I admitted it, that it was like a load off his chest. Like it was just kind of a barrier in our relationship for a while because he didn't know how to address it and I wasn't stopping. Yeah. So once it had been addressed, like our relationship opened back to how it was. There was no more like awkward conversation that he felt needed to happen and that I was in denial that needed to happen. I've had those conversations where you need to stop this is a problem. No, it's not a problem. I, and then I'll there, be honest, but there's a lot of people that don't want to stop. And I think that that's kind of where I am, Kelly, where I don't drink so much where I go, man, I need to stop. But I know I drink too much sometimes and I want to drink. I want to still have the freedom to drink. Right. But And that's, I mean, for people that... It's it's hard to say because for me, I knew I needed to stop, 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 like, stop. I yep. have no healthy relationship with alcohol, and I don't yep. think I ever will. Yeah. Um, but for like those kind of people, I guess the best thing I could say is just take it one day at a time, because it's amazing how different you feel. Tell me about that. I wanted to ask you about how you feel. So I feel definitely like my sleep is more quality. Um, I'm more involved with my kids. Like I'm not as tired or kind of draggy because you don't really notice how much alcohol is in, like affecting you the next day until you don't have that anymore. Yeah, yeah. So I went from just kind of like going day to day with my kids to all of a sudden like I wake up and when I'm up with them, I'm up and I'm ready to go. There's no more like grogginess. I'm getting quality sleep. I don't spend every day dwelling on when I'll get to drink again. Like it rarely crosses my mind, to be honest. To me, at this point... I don't miss drinking. Um, the only thing I don't like is having to explain myself every time there's like a family gathering or a party and it's like, well, why aren't you drinking? It's like, well, that's a loaded question. Um, but I think I saw something on social media that did make me laugh that alcohol is the one like toxic trait that you have to explain to people why you're not doing it. <laughs> that's true. You know, I wish... like, oh, why aren't you doing meth? Well, no, people don't say that. Right. Like, well, why aren't you drinking? And I think that's part of the problem is because it's so 
ingrained in what we do socially. Well, let's toast somebody because they got a raise or let's toast somebody because they got a promotion or let's say we're having a goodbye party or we're having like a happy hour. We're getting together with friends. Oh, well, let's do shots. Oh, we're going to pregame. It is everywhere. Right. And, 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 and meth is not everywhere. And we all, no. most of us, I, would, I don't know what the stats are, but 95% of us drink some alcohol. I don't know what the, don't get on me if I have that wrong, but you get what I'm trying to say. Whereas 95% of us do not do meth. But wouldn't it be nice, Kelly, if we could wave a wand and make people stop asking, especially women, oh, why are you not drinking? You know, right? Oh, is it because you're pregnant? It's like no, it's not why. Hey, I got an idea. If you if you're listening to this podcast, keep that in mind. Keep that in mind because next time you're with somebody and they don't order wine or a white claw or a white Russian, just don't. Just be the person. Be the change you want to see, Kelly. Am I right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Um, Kelly, you are awesome. You're a good friend and I appreciate you taking time. I know this will help somebody because I think one of the things that we learn in life is that I'm not the only one with this problem. And I think that's very, if not comforting, then somehow reassuring that you're not a fucking mess because a lot of other people have the problem too. So Kelly, thanks for taking the time. Is there anything else? I don't want to cut you off. Is there anything else you wanted to share? I would just say to anyone that's listening, that thinks that just because they don't drink, they can't continue to have a normal social life. Because that's one of the stigmas. Like, you have to drink to go out to a party. You have to drink at family holidays or whatever. Yeah. It's possible. So if you think it's a problem, just take it day by day. Just be, like you said, be the change you want to see. Yeah. And don't ask why somebody's not drinking. Because she might be pregnant and maybe she doesn't want to tell you. Or maybe she just is tired of it and doesn't want to have to explain the very personal story of like, you know what? I had a problem and I don't want to drink anymore. Uh, So try not to do that. Kelly, thank you very much. And um, uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Sounds good. I had some really good emails uh, that I want to respond to right now. And uh, thanks for sending these in. I'd probably be a bigger response on this podcast than any podcast that I've ever done. So one of the things that I want to do right now is answer this one from Joey. Joey says, I have a question for Big Jess or any other guest that you've had on the alcohol topic. Did you ever have any withdrawals? I often hear that it's dangerous to drink for so long and then stop cold turkey as things like seizures can happen. Maybe I understand, but I'm curious to hear from someone who has lived it. Thanks, Joey. Uh, I asked my friend Jess just a minute ago. I texted him and I said, um, did you have any withdrawal symptoms? He said, luckily I did not. I guess I wasn't at that level of having withdrawal. Mine was just the nightly routine drinking. And uh, and I said, Jess, thanks. I got a lot of feedback on your episode. He said, I did too. Thanks for including that topic on your, on your platform. Uh, then I asked my friend Kelly, who you just heard, and I texted her a minute ago. And I said, did you have any uh, withdrawal symptoms? She said, no. I was never that addicted. The only things were thinking about it constantly. And I thought that's really interesting because I think that is one of the, the things that, that we kind of go through, especially when you get to that time of the day or whatever that trigger is, or if you sit down after work or after dinner or you sit down at your desk. My, For example, I have a coffee trigger in the morning. When I come into the studio, I got to have my coffee. When I'm done for the night. My trigger was I'm done with my work. I'm going to sit down on the couch. And then there's something in my mind and my physiology that says, it's time to start drinking. 
And so that was a trigger, and thinking about it was definitely an issue. So I'm going to read some of these uh, other emails that I've got um, just kind of randomly. And I've got a bunch. I'm going to try to get to as many as I can. Dave, I just finished. This is from Haley. She says, I just finished listening to your podcast with Big Jess. I want to share my story. I am a 29-year-old woman, and ever since I got out of college around 22, I was trying to figure out how to drink normally. My college years were basically spent binge drinking. I was the person who could have eight drinks and still have pretty normal interactions. Once I started working, I justified my drinking habits because I was still getting to work on time and doing my job. I think that's really common. You're going, I don't have a problem because I get to work on time. I'm still a good mom or a good dad, and I'm a productive person, and I pay my bills. Looking back... I know I was still drunk some mornings. I still have a lot of shame, and it's embarrassing. I would easily drink eight-plus drinks a night and thought that was, quote, normal. Finally, around 25 years old, after I had my daughter, I started really thinking about my drinking. I did not drink during pregnancy because I know we were wondering about that. I struggled with my relationship with alcohol, and I could not figure out how to drink socially. I was either having eight drinks or having none. Finally, after having my son this past summer, I knew something had to change. I had a horrible night, and I drank a 12-pack of White Claws and woke up the next morning feeling like absolute garbage physically and mentally. I was looking at my newborn son, wondering what the hell I was doing and how I was supposed to care for him when I couldn't even care for myself. My daughter was at daycare. Since that day in September, I have not had a drink. Good job, Haley. Uh, and it has been one of the best decisions of my life. The mental freedom has given me has been absolutely life-changing. I'm finally present not only for my own life, but for my children. I get to show my kids that life can be so full without drinking, and I'm going to be a present mom. I have a lot of guilt and shame for the drinking I did in my daughter's first couple of years, but I know I'm making better choices now. Uh, she said, um, uh, i just kind of skipping around a little bit. She says, I learned healthy ways to cope with the stress rather than drinking. I used to roll my eyes at all the people that would say, go on a walk, take a bath, meditate, work out, because I didn't think any of that would work. Well, after being forced to try other coping mechanisms, it did. So let's go back to that. Go on a walk, take a bath, meditate, work out. I didn't realize that 2020 would bring me this silver lining. So to all the people out there, even thinking about their drinking, you're on the right path. That's how it started for me. Haley says, thanks for taking the time to read this. I love, love, love your show. Hope the crew gets healthy soon. Yeah, because a lot of people on the show, half of them, Jenny and Fallon, were out with COVID um, uh, last week. So uh, let's, let's do at least one more. Um, uh, this is Mike, and Mike says, on Sunday night, I was sitting down having my nightly drinks before bed, and I started thinking about how in the past 17 years, I cannot remember a time I went 24 hours without at least a drink or two. I then poured out my drink and went to bed. I've always kind of considered myself a bit of a functioning alcoholic and told myself there are a lot of people that drink a lot more than I do. As soon as I woke up, this idea that I needed to change my habits before my habits changed me would not leave my mind. I then made the decision to see how long I can go without alcohol. On my ride home from work, I was listening to the Morning Show podcast when I heard you mention your newest podcast with Big Jess. I immediately switched over to that podcast and listened to it in its entirety as it pertained to these thoughts that had been plaguing me all day. I then listened to it again. I couldn't help but feel that this was my sign. Anyway, I wanted to write in and thank you for that podcast and let you know how I appreciate it. 
Thank you, Dave, from Mike. Isn't that amazing? I think that sometimes we do feel like there's a sign, and I think sometimes we justify our drinking. You know what I really want to do? I want to get an expert on the show, on the podcast about this. And I actually asked last week uh, if uh, on Facebook, I said, if anybody is listening who is an expert uh, instead of just somebody who's had the experience, uh, an expert, like what are the struggles and what can we do and what's a good place to start? You know, there's Alcoholics Anonymous and uh, there are apps. And I've tried some of the apps. I think one was Cutback Coach and uh, it would ask you to log the number of drinks you had a day. And one of the things that it said to me that I really, it stuck with me, it was like, you don't need this. If you get a drink in your hand or you're ready to pour yourself a drink, do you think about this? Do you really need it? Do you really, do you really need it? And that kind of, that's one of the things that I think about sometimes. It's like, do I really need this? And of course the answer is no, I really don't. I want this, but do I need it? But I am not here to oversimplify cutting back. And like I said, there's everything from AA to apps. And I want to just throw out one more thing before we sign off. And that is, um, oh, I know what it was. (laughs) My mind blanked. I was like, okay, Um, I want to talk to somebody who is going through it right now. And I have a friend who is going through this right now. She has not stopped. She's wonderful, productive, smart, funny, and she's got a kid that's smart and funny and wonderful, but she is in the middle of this. And I'll talk to her once in a while. And how was your drinking? I haven't drank in six days, or I haven't drank all month. And I'm like, that's great. And then I'll text her again like a week later. How's your drinking? She's like, man, I fucked up last night. I had eight beers last night, and I feel like shit. And I'm annoyed with myself and I'm disgusted with myself. And I'm like, don't feel that way because this is a really difficult thing to do. We can all quit for four days. Most of us can quit for 40 days. But if you want to quit and get into a habit of not drinking at all, um, or at least drinking only when it's socially or what, you know what I mean? Like instead of drinking five days a week or seven days out of the week to drink four days out of the month and get plastered once every five years instead of once a week. So, hey, if you have any thoughts on that, if you want to be the person that will be on with me that is currently going through this, I seriously would love to talk to you. Send an email to Dave Ryan at KDWB.com. And uh, I also would say um, we can keep you anonymous if you don't want to use your name we can keep you anonymous. And um, uh, I think some people would really appreciate that because it's great to hear from the people who've succeeded. But it's also important to hear, I think, from people, God, this this feels really good. You know what I mean? I'm really enjoying this because I think that I'm speaking to people like me and you and Jess and Kelly and my friend and a lot of other people. And I feel like we don't know what we're talking about. We're not experts. But I think sometimes you just need some support to let other people know or to to find out that you are kind of going through the same thing. One last story. A friend of mine sent me some gibberish texts um, a a few months ago. And it was like, it's literally gibberish. And I'm like, what the hell? And I texted back, what's going on? He's like, man, I'm sorry. I took an Ambien last night and I was drinking. And... uh, 
again, just somebody who's like a normal, productive, wonderful person. And I don't think they really want to admit that they have a problem with alcohol, but I think they do because alcohol is part of their everyday thing. Okay, I've said enough. What do you want to say about it? I would love to hear what you have to say. Of course, send me, a, um, I was going to say send a text message, uh, send an email to um, Dave Ryan at kdwb.com. Love to get you on next week. If you want to be on the podcast, love to talk to you. I can call your phone. I can this fancy new control board where I can call you and wire you right through and record it. And it's like magic. That's what I did with Jess. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend about it. The podcast is based on the book. Take a shower, show up on time and don't steal anything. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.